Hey everybody, welcome to the Business Announcer Show. Today I have with us Walter Holmes from the Fifth House. Um, you know, he has a very interesting background, uh, you know, from being a colonel in the USAFR uh, to, you know, working in education, uh, in public schools, to now, uh, you know, developing growth model assessments and doing business consulting, strategic planning, things of that nature. So Walter, could you provide us some more insight into your background and your journey leading up to your current role at the Fifth House? Great, good morning, how are you doing today? Um, it was a long journey at, in the late 1980s, which kind of shows my age, uh, I lost the business that I didn't really believe I should have lost. And I kind of went crazy. And I wound up writing an, a, a program because I had an interest in stock market investing. And it's called Wall Street Wiz. And uh, I, in developing the program, it's a reenactment of the crash of 1929 from April 1st, 1929 to March 31st, 1930. The reason why I'm, I'm emphasizing that is because it can be found online now at www.wallstreetwiz.com. Wiz is spelled W-H-I-Z. And the reason why I mentioned that is because once I got into that, into that development of the program, I'm now in education. Uh, it was marketed in uh, public schools. Uh, and since 2002, it's been online, uh, available for anyone to use free and it's been used by high schools and colleges from around the world. Uh, from wow. that, yeah, I just gotta, gotta check the game out. I had a professor at a very distinguished uh, business school tell me just playing the game is the equivalent of a semester at his school. And it's for eighth to 12th graders. So one of the points I wanted to make about that was that it's a different approach to teaching. It's modeling, it's basically a simulation. So when I got into that and, and began marketing the program in public schools, I realized that one of the major problems of education is the assessment of student development. I mean, basically we use it a standards-based assessment, meaning that all students have to come up to a certain level of proficiency in X, Y, Z at a certain frame. The problem with that is that most many kids or the kids themselves have diff different and varying challenges to get there, which isn't part of the process that's used to measure how they're achieving their goals. My background in the military was I was very active in the Air Force's quality, total quality management movement and the Human Resource Development Council for the Air Force as a whole. And that gave me insights into developing educational environments, uh, environments of inclusion, training, and areas that I didn't think were really covered that well by public education as a whole. One of the things I wanted to, to emphasize on that would be uh, the reference to a document called the Government Performance and Results Act, which is a document that basically allows organizations that receive funding from the government to justify the funding. And in doing so, you can justify your performance based on three characteristics, a standard, a value, or a rate. Standard obviously is what education uses, 
but I want to introduce a rate, which means a growth model student assessment approach. That's how it was done. That's, so that's how that whole process began with emphasizing growth of development versus meeting standards along the way. In 2005, yeah. oh, sorry, one more sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just, uh, I wanted to, to mention real quick that I'm on the website myself right now and I see, um, you know, that you're able to work with supply and demand, inflation, interest rates, deficit, all inside of the game. Uh, would you mind sharing more, you know, about how you're able to, to culminate all that into a game and, and uh, you know, how uh, we could teach better if, if it were more fun? You know, and it takes you to be honest, you're absolutely right. Um, there is an element of, of fun and enjoyment in stock market investing. I mean, just to give you a sample of what the program that the Wall Street Witch program is, you're tracking 12 stocks of the period. And as an investor, you are given information for a week period of time in 1929 that was derived from the Wall Street Journal of the period and other financial periodicals. So it's the actual wording and the actual events that were happening in that week. And from that week, the students are then asked, what do you think the stock market did as a result of the information you just read? So they then make buy or sell stock for that week. And then the following week, all the stock prices will change to be appropriate for what it would reflect for the following week. So they can instantaneously see whether the stock market went up or down based on decisions that they made. And it's a, a start off with $100,000 in their portfolio. The program basically manages the portfolio. All you're doing is buying and selling the stock. And the amount that we ask someone to read is probably maybe a page of a novel, if you understand. And then you're getting all the information that you need for the week for the 12 stocks. So what happens is that over a period of, of time in playing the game, we found that some of the most uninterested students, the most unmotivated students were suddenly reading novels, <laughs> reading a whole novel in a short period of time. There's a document I sent you from a, uh, a high school teacher, Jerome Ruderman, uh, who wrote that his class just turned around totally, you know, as soon as they, because all of a sudden it gives you the, the, the dynamics of any type of game where you're suddenly making a decision and then you're seeing the results. And every time the market, the week changed to the next week, you'll just see the kids going off in the classroom. It's kind of funny. You can tell when they're going to a new week. So it's, it's those elements. Those elements are in everything that we do. So we can create models for any type of industry or, or, or whatever in some way, shape, or form as a content for, for instruction. And if you have a motivated student like you have in the Wall Street Wiz program, I can teach them anything. I can teach them to read and write and do mathematics because they're associating it with something that's real to them at the moment. So there's a lot involved in that discussion that we obviously can't do in a podcast. But I have a book out called Leave from the Middle, Leave from Behind that came out in May on Amazon. And it explains the, the, the concepts behind 
that the, the, the fact that having a child be part of something that's tangible that they can believe in and you'll find that that motivation will allow them to learn and develop in any way you want them to develop so I guess very interesting uh I had seen that that is your most recent book um I am wondering uh what other sorts of uh novels you've had the opportunity to write and publish and if they're also available on amazon uh i have a number two uh novel coming out probably next year sometime but my only two published uh works are the wall street Wiz program which i'm extremely proud of uh, i had a professor say that just playing just writing the, the that wall street Wiz program was probably a doctorate in, in economics so you'll see it, it has it has workbooks with it that takes the kids through basic understanding as a, as a high school program as a school program um and and it would give you enough information so the student understand what stocks are you know what what buying and selling stocks means uh you know all the things that you had mentioned about the growth of the market as a whole uh industry factors uh determine how market prices will go up or down they had to evaluate the impact of certain things on a various industries such as a food industry or banking industry or telecommunication industry and what made the crash of 1929 so interesting is because everything that was being introduced the student immediately understood uh, a new product was coming out by ibm well, they knew what it was so that they could understand the impact of what it would have on the market at that time and you can then translate that same understanding to a new product that's coming out today so it was a real interesting way for kids to instantaneously get involved in a high level of, of engagement in finance and what was very interesting was for a period of time i was um contracted to teach a class during major events by banks across the country so when we did it that way we, we had banking professionals and, and investment professionals around the room while the students in the classroom were taking the course you know we're, we're going through the process not once during that entire time did an adult come in first second or third that's the most that, amazing that is incredible is that something you know so it's uh it's it's if you can eliminate those aspects that distinguish a professional from a novice and reduce it to just making decisions based on mathematical reasoning and and cognitive association you can even the playing field and even a child can participate at a high level that's the, what this whole process is kind of trying to do yeah so and and i think uh Financial literacy is a, a big problem nowadays. Uh, it's increasingly being recognized as a you know critical skill. Uh, what components of a you know comprehensive financial literacy curriculum would you integrate into public school education if possible? I think that there's a a lack of understanding not only in for students but for uh, adults as well, especially adults, it seems, where their decisions, economic decisions made by our leaders 
that are not advantageous. You know, like what does a tax cut really mean when it will have a different effect on your quality of life going down the road, such as, you know, um, um, wow, so there are a whole lot of associations that can make with that. But basically, it's, it's, it's understanding the entire world market and, and understanding how finance really works, where people think that just getting a tax cut is beneficial. It's not. You know, if your little, if your measly little tax cut is made to you personally, but it has, it is reducing the flow of money in your community by millions of dollars. It's not beneficial to you. So you have to really be able to gauge what what all the financial decisions being made have as an impact to you personally. You know, like right now, our debt is going up tremendously, and in in the end. If, if the tax cuts are being made as drastically as they are and they continue this way, we have no revenue coming in to pay that debt. So there's a lot of things that I would like to teach beyond just the checking and bank accounts. It needs to be a lot more in depth in terms of understanding what the stock market is and how it affects our day-to-day -day life. Right, I mean, financial literacy isn't just about managing personal finances. Right. It's also you know, broader economic concepts how do you think public schools specifically, you know, uh, ones with limited resources, how can they strike a balance between teaching practical money management skills and fostering a broader understanding of economic systems as a whole? <laughs> that's a very good question. And let me explain because they too, that's the next part of my whole, of my book, my, um, the, the subtitle, my book is titled Lead from the Middle, Lead from Behind, which is stressing uh, leadership and, and, and social skills to students, which I think they truly lack. But the subtitle of the book is Community-Based Education Supporting Community-Based Enterprise. And what that means is that we're creating a neighborhood of youth and architects and managers and and and, and those who are participating in the economic development of their community. So that the question you have about what we teach them, we teach them finance and economics in an, in an applied sense. You know, have them mm -hmm. develop businesses in their community, you know, and, and create collaboration and partnerships with local finance organizations and 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 professionals and universities to assist. I give an example. Um, in Baltimore, we were doing some work and, and unlike Philadelphia, which had a, a whole big problem with graffiti, Baltimore has a major problem with vacant homes. And, and, really? they, and they are not only an eyesore, but they're a real danger as well. So what we were able to do there was to create a, a collaborative among uh, John Hopkins, uh, Bloomberg School of Environmental Health, uh, John Hopkins Engineers Without Borders, Morgan University students to uh, come in and assist the students at the ground level as well, along with uh, something called the President's Group, which is a conglomerate of architects. And we began to address the vacant home problem, vacant building problem, 
by bringing them up not to standard because most of the time the copper was ripped out all thing of value was ripped out of the, the buildings they just were basically structures and from that we were looking at creating solar panels on the roof water capture systems um and and creating vertical gardens in the buildings that did not need to have to be brought up to code but can be turned into a business and that can that that conglomerate of, of resources and expertise created some phenomenal results in terms of being able to create models for how we could then turn a whole block now into a productive uh, uh, farming community. And, and it, was, it was a very viable process based on first creating a script for the students and professionals to use, and the script expands as they execute the taskings within the script. That type of economic development for kids is tangible. And it, it creates not only wealth for the community, but it creates an, a, a, a methodical step-by-step -step understanding of the student in developing businesses. Because our community doesn't have enough businesses. And our kids today are really going to suffer because businesses today have a, a foothold on the industries that they control, you know? So there, there needs to be more emphasis on actual developing businesses for students. I completely agree with you there. Um, and, you know, I also, um, you know, really am interested, um, you know, about your uh, service-based learning approach. I, I uh, think, Community-based education and service learning are essential components of your work. How can these concepts be integrated uh, by teachers and what uh, benefits do you think, uh, you know, they deliver most to students? Uh, service-based learning is basically civic engagement type learning for those in the audience who might not really know what that is. And that means that the kids are working in the community in some way. Uh, there's a transition where it's not typical for educators, school teachers to understand how to make that link. It's probably better for people like project managers to take that part of it. You know what I mean? So it's hard to explain um, how to get teachers involved in that. What we're doing is the, uh, the Fifth House, my company, uh, is launching something called The Village. And The Village is actually a platform for community-based education. So if there was someone within your audience who had access to maybe a group of churches in your community who wants to, to bond together, or community centers, or, or just concerned adults who open up their homes to kids in some way, we could create a, a community-based education system because our system is web-based. So from someone reaching out to you and saying, we would like to create a community-based service learning system in our community, you contact me to do that, we can set it up and they can be operational in a few weeks. And it's all web-based, so it allows us to not only develop students in a very orderly way, where we can determine the progress of the student over time, but it also supplements the volunteers because 
it teaches them professional skills as well, which we're becoming a skills-based society. And their participation in helping students in community and locally can benefit their resume on the back end as well. So that would be my answer would be um, to, to, to create a, a, a entity of itself within the community, and then we could provide assistance in that in some way in terms of structure, like what are the programs you want to have, the teaching um, type of things you want to do. I'll give you an example. Uh, I talked about vertical garden systems. That's under STEM. Uh, we talked about developing leadership skills. Uh, we're also talking about developing a local policing plan where there's a collaboration between the police and, and the community. And it's a whole structured activities or group of activities that the students go through at the end would have a community policing plan. Uh, there's an emergency management plan as well, where the community can prepare for emergencies like the pandemic we just went through, where they would have a series of events that they would go through from the computer system. And then they basically now have a emergency management, local emergency management crisis response plan. Um, we're looking at ways that we can renovate homes, um, make relationships with, with the population in terms of health studies. Uh, and there's all kinds of different things that can be added to what a community wants to do. The service learning program itself, we're modeling after the United Nations 17 sustainable development goals. And out of those 17 sustainable development goals, there are quite a few sub goals. And everything that the community would be doing under the system would be in some way contributing to one of the goals that are listed in the, the UN's 17 goals. So they, they can begin to be part of a, of a world community in developing sustainable development strategies. Wow. I'm impressed. You've got a lot going on, man. Um, I, I think um, you've, you're doing really good work and um, you are benefiting the community in a lot of different ways. Um, I guess, you know, to, to finish off our interview, um, could you, you know, give us a little bit uh, more information about your mission and vision uh, for sustainable development initiatives in the future and also maybe give us a little bit of insight into uh you know what you're working on as your next book cool okay um my goal right now is to basically create a system across the country of of sustainable development local sustainable development initiatives service learning in essence um and allowing any community who wishes to participate basically just create a, a, a vision for themselves. That starts off with the community itself going through a strategic planning process that we take them through. And most of the time that's done, it's like, okay, people will come into a meeting, they will talk a lot about what they wanna do, everybody gets fired up, and then they walk away. With our system, that fired up part is when they get assigned what they're gonna be doing. And then they go to the website, They'll have their name and, and login information set up for them, and it will detail what they're being asked to do. We create teams so that the students and the local students can get involved, and they begin to understand through repetition the skill sets, the professional skill sets needed 
to basically solve community problems. What is a baseline? What's a trend analysis? Conduct a feasibility study. What's a needs analysis? You know, what is systems theory? And all these type of things that are part of a research study become common knowledge for these kids, where after a while they begin to understand how to look at things correctly and to analyze and then to be able to take action to solve the problems in their communities. So that's the goal behind this. And because it's web-based, it's immediate. So for mm -hmm. a community to get in touch with us and say, hey, we want to do this, we can basically do the whole thing by Zoom or over the phone and create that whole thing for them virtually. I want to see, I want to see how we can get more involvement locally at the grassroots level of our basic problems in America and the world, actually, where we can create micro initiatives that can come together to create big things or big changes. That's the only way it's going to happen. Right now, I hear too much, too many people say that they're going to go in someplace and do something or decisions that they make are making the big difference. When our society is based on us as a whole, individuals working together to create solutions, and we've gotten further and further away from that. So that's my goal in the future, getting kids involved. My belief right now is that the kids' future are screwed. Excuse my language. <laughs> they are. They don't. There's no future for many of the kids today, and ones who have have economic challenges, it makes what they want to do almost impossible. So we have to create mm -hmm. something that's a bridge for them. One of the things that we have in our system is a criteria for kids to develop within the system. There are five levels of achievement we have right now. If they're doing level three, they're doing high school level work in the community. If they're doing level four, they're doing college level work in the community. If they reach level five, they're doing graduate level work in the community. I have kids who are doing graduate level work and they're in high school. So you can get this done. We can do this. And what makes that so cool is that when a kid gets and maintains level five, they've demonstrated they can do anything that we ask them to do. We pay for their college. We give them that job that, 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 that our partner corporations have available for, for people who are qualified to do it. Because what they've gone through in the community locally, they have demonstrated their ability to be able to succeed in that new environment. That's where we're trying to get to. So that's the goal. Yeah, and, and I guess, uh, you know, as a last question, uh, just to follow up, if a corporation, you know, would like to partner uh, with your organization, how is the best way uh, for, for them to do that? Well, right now, we, we, we're, we're just setting up in a lot of areas. Um, my, my website is uh, thefifthhouse.com. That's www.thefifthhouse.com. And if they go on there, they can, they can push on contact us and just write to us and ask, you know, uh, to be participant. And then we can begin to exchange information from there. That would be enough for now in terms of the initial contact. From there, we would send you information on what the system is, what we're trying to do. And then you can decide how you can participate as a corporation. 
The corporations are very important. Like actually, I met with one yesterday.